Have you ever subscribed to the trial version of a service only to find out you were still paying for it three years later? If so, this could well be the podcast for you. Welcome to False Economy. Powered by Hot UK Deals, the UK's number one app for deals, discounts and freebies. I'm Viv Slayton and, by the way, LinkedIn Premium is the thing that I'm still paying for six years later. And alongside me, as always, a man who is the genetic equivalent of an impulse buy, it's Paul Watson. Paul Watson, how are you? Good, thank you. So, listeners, you might recognise his voice, or you think you recognise his voice. Is it the one from Taskmaster? No, it's the other one. It's one who hoovers up the crumbs from his this table. This is like if we ordered Mark Watson on Wish. Yeah, it's a bit. We'll get you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm surprised by how good the quality of the things off Wish are. Sometimes I'm not. Yeah, like Let's me. see how today goes. Exactly, right? <laughs> Our guest today is a stand-up comedian, a podcaster, and he has experience as a product designer, so he may well be the perfect guest for us here on False Economy. It's Scott Bennett. Welcome to the show, Scott. How are you? I'm really good. Well, actually, I'm angry, <laughs> okay. which I think is the perfect preparation. Ideal. <laughs> because I knew this podcast was about issues and customer power. Consumer issues, yeah. And consumer issues. So what I did was I came down on the train... And I'm now so angry and dejected with the world that it's perfect. It's the perfect preparation <laughs> for this podcast to experience a service that if, you, if you're wondering how train travel is, it's awful. <laughs> just <laughs> let you know, it's awful. It's still awful. You're here though, aren't you? I'm here, well, I mean, it could about, have gone badly wrong. <laughs> but I, the thing is, I don't normally go on the train, but I thought I'm going to give it a chance. Do you know when you like, you, you, yeah. you think I'm going to give it a chance and I gave it a chance and that's it for the year. No more trains for you? <laughs> no, no, it's just, it was, um, yeah, just uh, they told us to get off at uh, this. There's a technical problem and the driver doesn't know. I mean, when you hear that, in any other, <laughs> you know, if you imagine that, if you're on a plane, you've got a technical problem, pilot's not sure. I mean, no, you don't, it's like a doctor. Don't tell us that. It's the equivalent of a doctor Googling what's wrong with you. Yeah. It's the, the fear. And then it just went, you're going to have to get off at, at Leicester. And then they just they just throw you off. And people, the, the mad thing well, like as well on is, the tracks? They just, no, they, might as well, they just go, get off. <laughs> they, it's just like cattle, in it? Get off. <laughs> get off there. Just get off. Just get off. But what about just get off? And then you stood around like, and then they move the train, the next train across different platforms, just so you don't know where you're going. Yep. So everyone's like pigeons going. It's four. It's three. It's two. No, it's gone back to one. It's back on three. Stay where you are. And then we get on. Obviously, three lots of passengers on one train. Right. No seats. People sat in luggage racks. And then this is the beautiful moment. They still the ticket inspector still comes round. Oh yeah, they walk. Oh, amongst. you can be propped up in the toilet. You can be propped up yeah. so in the toilet door, shutting yeah. on you every fifteen seconds, squishing you <laughs> yeah. into a new shape. Your face. They'll still up. check your ticket, won't yeah. they? The, the actual. The, at some point, there's people sat on the carpet, and I go, and he stoops down to check the ticket, <laughs> and I'm going like, mate, that is literally the same energy as going to someone who's homeless. Have you got change for a tenner? It's literally the same audacity. Yeah. So to answer your question, it's great to be here. Yeah, because well, you've, got, you've got a lot of things to share. Actually, something you said there reminded me of the worst plane journey I've ever had. And I was on, um, I can't actually remember, I think it was Welling. I was on one of those sort of airlines, mid-range, like quite cheap. And we were going to Barcelona, I think it was. And there was this moment where they were checking all the bags into the overheads. And they realised two of the bags didn't belong to anyone on the plane. So instead of handling this like amongst themselves, yeah. they basically shouted, these bags don't belong to anyone on the plane. 
are you okay to continue traveling to all of us? Incredible. <laughs> we broke into two separate sections. Mystery bags. Yeah. So it's like, it was like a question mark. Do you want, bags. it was like yeah. deal or no deal. Do you want to take the risk or not take the risk? I mean, they belong to someone. Yeah. It was bizarre. <laughs> it was absolutely bizarre. So in the end, they did take the, so we pointed out, we well, can just take, take the bags the bag off. off. Yeah. And they said, yeah, but because we'd had the bags on, it represents a security breach. We don't know what else is on this plane. And they basically said to us, left do you want to have a go or not? Do you, want to, do you want to risk it or not? And about 10 people got off and the rest of us said, ah, it'd be fine. Listen, <laughs> nothing's going to stand in the way. It'll be I've, fine. I've got two weeks in Magaluf yeah. booked. I don't care. We'll take yeah. one bag off. We'll Russian roulette. <laughs> yeah. just, we'll take the one off. Listen to it. That one's quiet. Take that one. We'll I, have I, that one. I, just, I love the game show aspect to it. And yeah. I also love the fact that they were putting this like security risk decision into the hands of complete civilians. We were all just sitting there going, well, I guess there's probably it's no like jury service, plane. though. Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's could be true. an idiot. Um, anyway, we, we should explain the concept of the show, probably. Uh, <laughs> we've got five scientifically researched questions that we put to every guest to mm. gauge where you are as a shopper, what you like as a consumer. And we've got some sort of random ones at the end as well that we think you'll like. So um, I feel like we should probably dive in, Paul. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I, I never really know what we're doing. So you, you just carry on and I'll... I'll sort of interject ideal yeah. alright cool I'll just tell you what to do then so like let's start positive let's yeah. go from the top what is the best deal you ever got the- um, I think it was our house that we're in now nice well because the, the weird thing was tell us you've got money without telling us you've got money no, I, no we haven't got money this is the point <laughs> we haven't got money it's an area we don't belong in <laughs> it's a very different thing that we haven't okay. got money we're clinging on if the interest rate goes up by 0.75 we're out of there. <laughs> we gone. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at my credit rating. But no, we we basically, um, it was a street where my Gemma, my wife, she grew up round where we are. So it's not like Kensington, do you know what I mean? Okay. It's a very modest part of Nottingham. And we basically, we, we were living in Swaddlingcote, which is a great name for a place. That sounds so, fancy to me. No, no, South Derbyshire wasn't fancy. Okay. Voted most miserable town. In 2004. Oh, <laughs> Genuinely. Is that on the sign? What, yeah. What's the criteria thing. for a miserable oh, town? Broken dreams, no hope, things like that. But they have a ski centre, so <laughs> <laughs> I think that balances it. Do you know what I mean? You might be miserable, but you can parallel turn. Yeah. A, <laughs> How can you be miserable when you say, wee? Exactly. I mean, it's just, right? everything's downhill, I suppose. That's the metaphor. <laughs> but um, So we, we were living there, and then Gemma was seeing her parents one weekend, and she walked up the street and saw the for sale sign on this house and literally said, we're going to put an offer in on that. And the, this is where the, the win comes in, because we, were, we didn't realise that. We went one day to have a look at it, and the guy who's owned the house was in the garden, right? Now, there'd been no other family in before. It was like his mum and dad had it from when it was built in 1946. The whole family stayed in there. His parents passed away. He stayed in the house. So no one's been oh, in it. It's untouched. Sentimental value. Yeah. That, though, and well. then this was the thing, though, because I, he, he was like, said, can I help you? I said, yeah, we're, we're looking. At, we want to put an offer in. And he went, well, come and have a look around. So we bypassed the agents, we bypassed the estate agents, and oh. I said to Gemma, it's like we're going off grid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he just went, come and have a look, like, just come and have a look. <laughs> and we, Gemma was like, making appointments, like, don't bother with appointments. <laughs> and so we had to look round, and then I noticed that Gemma was really turning it on, like, really, like, because the house yeah. was nice. He needed everything doing, it was a state. But she was like, I can just see, like, it was like, oh, it was like, you yeah. know, like, a, if I'd have played some music in the background, like, I could just see 
us raising a family here. And he was like, oh, you're going to start a family? Well, we'd love that on the street. Yeah. All the people I ever said. And then he said, there was an elderly neighbour next door. And Gemma's like, oh, I love that. I love that. We had an elderly neighbour. I'll cook for her. Gemma's really... Ch- I yeah. can see us being in here. And he was like, yeah, there's someone else who's put an offering. And I was like, oh, right. He said, but... And then he said, it's a developer. And I was like, and then Gemma was like, yeah, they just want to sell it on. They don't want, there's no, you know, like we really. Rip the heart out of this home. going to rip the heart out of this home. And uh, and they just want, yeah, they're just going to sell it on to, you know. So then we put an offering but below the asking price, oh, right? The boldest of plays. No, so Gemma's nerves. But yeah, because we, we, she thought I'd really teed him up now. And she'd done a great act. She was weeping. She was all this sort of stuff. She was taking pictures of herself in there before selfies were even a thing. You know, just going, <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. Um, so anyway, yeah, they, they contacted the estate agents and then the estate agents get involved and they're evil, aren't they? Yeah. On that. There's some good ones, but I Well, don't. they want their fee, don't they? But then he, and they the, want the most fee they yeah, can get. I, so. I even remember the guy's name, Tim. <laughs> Whenever I saw it flash up on my phone, I was like, oh, here he comes. And he was like, he was like, he was like, I've spoken to the owner. And I, oh, because there were two brothers. He was a nice brother. Then there was another brother. Oh, oh. standard good cop, bad oh, cop. Bad cop, mate. He was living in Australia, the other brother. Oh, even better. He wanted he just maximum wanted money. cash. Yes. So oh. he was like, forget the family story. We don't want the Waltons on the street. Do you know, he was really sort of... And then he was like, no, I've met them. They're going to look after it. And and then, so anyway, yeah, we were in... And this other brother then talked to the estate agent going, inflate the price, you know, you know, get them to offer more. And then the estate agent offered, said to me... Um, can you can you raise your price and I was like no this is literally what we can do and then the guy then got involved and said I want them to have it <laughs> and because the other one was in Australia right it was always night it. when he yeah, was sending abs- his messages absolutely we'll do it when Australia's in bed when yeah. he wakes up in the morning he's lost 20 grand oh. amazing so we got it we got it for like 10 Ten grand under the asking price. Under offered, and you still got it. And we got it, mate. Through pure charm. To be fair, it sounds like she put in the kind of acting performance that could get you ten k pretty easily. Yeah, know, I mean, I did very little. Uh, I mean, what what I did find out is when we moved in, is left as an asbestos garage. Oh. <laughs> so I think that was the final sting in the tail because the money we saved, we're like, how are we going to get rid of that? Oh yeah, that's about. 15 grand <laughs> and it's oh. lethal I have left you a nightmare oh. in the garden mate you don't yeah. think the brother in Australia was actually the good one is that the plot twist yeah. I don't know maybe. trying to warn you but we, we sort of we got in there and uh, yeah but he felt like I'd beaten the system a bit you had we had yeah and, and it was like that thing of like it just shows you that sometimes the human story can beat these because I remember the estate agent was like well the developer uh, as, as is ready to you know s- yeah, s- go straight in I was yeah. like we've sold us house mate we're there we'll rent we'll sleep in a tent on the garden <laughs> <laughs> see I find it quite funny because obviously like you say estate agency is such a money money industry yeah. I always find it really funny when you look around a house and they say obviously it'd be good to get your offer and can you make a case for buying the house Yeah, and it's always struck me as like well the case is the huge amount of money we're going to pay for buy, and but it's this thing of like they want that sub story. They want the like, you know, since I was a child, I dreamt of living in. Well, it's, it's like a job really interview. To me. It's like, yeah, why do you want this job? I, I'd like to be paid. That, the fact <laughs> is, the one person who's not going to be there anymore is the person who's just sold the house. It is. So it always seemed really weird to me this idea of like making a case for the house. It's like it's like Britain's Got Talent <laughs> yeah. for property, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just sort of backstage, just going. I just dreamed one day of having my own bricks and mortar, putting down roots. Um, but it was. Was that, at, that before you were doing comedy? Yeah, of, obviously. I was going to say property. Of course. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the other thing. There is a. Real, there is a real reality there. This was 2007. 
before I was even started stand-up. I had a proper job. I was a citizen. I was doing nine to five. I was respectable. I had paychecks. I had, you know, the credit rating was off the charts. They didn't even check the three months. They were like, have as much. And it was at the peak oh, of the, God, you know, yeah. when they were giving you daft money. Oh, yeah. When they were just going, um, we've looked for your statistics and you can, we, we're going to top it off about eight million. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were just throwing money at you. And you Whereas, were like, now this it's, can't yeah. be right. Now it's like, oh, yeah. you, you like an expensive haircut, so you probably can't afford this. Yeah. So this was, I recommend, if anyone's going to go and do a career in the arts or self-employed, the day before you hand your notice in, borrow every bit of money you can <laughs> and then don't tell them because once you've got the money, they can't do anything. Uh, so yeah, so it was... We don't endorse that opinion on false economy. I, I think it's absolutely... <laughs> have the credit ra- you can afford. No, no. Have the credit your previous self can afford. <laughs> the credit then, you can aspire to have. Yeah, it. and let, you, let your right. future self pay for it. That's my advice. Yeah, be aspirational with credit. Uh, <laughs> um, that'll get you in trouble. Uh, so, so yeah, so we, we got we got it in the end uh, but yeah and we're still there credit to us yeah. we're still there mate we're still there and it's uh, but yeah it was an absolute bargain see I've got this vision of the brother from Australia just outside your garden waiting. fence just waiting yeah. just waiting <laughs> checking the FTSE 100 on that going putting notes through going interest rates are rising you win for now are you ready yet <laughs> That is probably the best value of a deal we've seen, like mm-hmm. ten grand saving. But I suppose then it was fifteen grand of asbestos, so we do have to consider that on the yeah. league table. On a related note, have you ever bought something that seemed like a bargain, but you know wish you'd spent more on it? Yeah, um, always holidays for us. Yeah, I think we've always had that idea that we haven't got enough money to go on holiday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you want to go, but then you're like, I don't think we've got the budget here. So we once went to Corsica. Gemma and I and we thought what we're going to do is be quite bohemian we're going to go we're not going to book a hotel we're going to just turn up oh god <laughs> right. I feel really with stressed a, with about a tent this. <gasps> we took a tent and thought we'll just camp in Corsica I don't know what happened to us that year I, 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 it was a moment of weakness and then we got there and realised A it was boiling yeah. It was really hot. And we had to go for miles to find a campsite. And then everything was so expensive. I didn't realise Corsica is literally the Riviera for rich people. Oh and so and, and, You rolled up in your tent. Rolled up in your <laughs> tent. And also as well, it was so hot. It was like trying to nod off inside a samosa. Oh, it was yeah. like, it was unbearable. Boiling hot. We're on this, there was ants everywhere. And got to the point where we went out for one meal. And you know when you get the menu and you're like, oh, we can't afford to eat here. I was literally oh, looking God. at like 70 quid for a meal and then you add like a little... A, soup is a nice. Yeah, yeah, a can, <laughs> a can. So we, we ended up like going to the supermarket, buying bread, cheese in a packet, sitting on like a bit of... It's so bleak, sitting on a bit of grass near a ring road, just <laughs> eating, eating sandwiches. And then we couldn't, all we did every day was go on the beach and then walk around the millionaire yachts looking at people who should be there yeah. eating. And then it's like, but then... You look back and you think, what we should have done was just credit carded the whole thing. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. No, no, but you say no, but you say that, but we would have We would have paid it off at eventually. At some point we'd have had the money to pay it off. And we've we've lost the joy in that moment. You waste yeah, you wasted the that opportunity money. we had to capitalise has gone. And we sort of like it, it, every And you were time. disappointed by it then, so Yeah, and, and we were like we, we sort of got back and well well. What, what we, did we do that? We literally went and... Uh, do I feel relaxed? I shopped no, in a foreign supermarket. I can't relax. It's, it's like we, we approached it like it was a seaside break to Blackpool when it was, we should have just embraced it and thrown caution to the wind. You know, we didn't have kids at the time. But I know how expensive holidays are when those yeah. two idiots come along. I'm like, we'd have gone wild with it, you know. 
Because I was thinking about holidays and I tweeted this recently because I feel like I've dreamed this. Like it can't possibly be true in the context of the world we live in now. Mm. We used to go on allocated on arrival holidays. So you literally had no idea what resort you were going to be taken to. So you knew it'd be Gran Canaria, but it would be whatever inventory of hotel they had on that day. Like, can you imagine doing that now? Just putting £800 down and going, well, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Get on this coach. And you pass all the other hotels on the coach and be like, oh, I hope it's this one. And it was never that one. It sounds like Like, a kidnapping, doesn't it? Just, you'd never, that would never happen, would it? You just, people would, they want to know everything. You want to know what's on the menu. You want to know how cool the swimming pool is. I mean, also, we seem to have had a knack of, booking hotels and places to stay that were on the last legs financially. <laughs> We've got a real like radar for businesses that are in trouble. It's like, you know, can I book the holiday? Yeah, can I have, is it three stars? Is it? Is it an administration? Because we'd love to come. Um, and, and we went to one in, in uh, where was Captain Corelli's Mandolin filmed? Um, place near, oh God, Kefalonia. Oh. So it was beautiful again before we had kids. <laughs> And the first night we booked into this place, and I even remember the name of the company. I won't liable them, but we went. But they were in. I didn't realise this. They were in a dispute. The place where we stayed with the company. Oh god! So they were literally sending people there like lemons on these buses, and hadn't been paid for like nine months. So they used us as <laughs> currency then, as hostages. So like one day you wake up, they've cut the water off. <laughs> what? <laughs> Literally, they would cut the water off. Another day they'd cut the electricity off. And then we're like, we were like, then we're like, there's no water, mate. And they were like, yeah, um, you need to speak to the rep because they haven't paid us. And we were like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> so we're pawns in your game now, are we? And then you'd, you'd speak to the rep and they, they went, they were going bust is what was happening, but still getting people in. And it was just like we were caught in the middle of it. And I was like, again, our our odds of it is just, it seems to be, so holidays for us seem to be jinxed, I but think. did you, yeah, did you say, get your money back? What do you, what no, happened? Well, the they didn't give us any money back because they went pop. They didn't have any. So you must have been pretty happy, like TripAdvisor was basically made for you. Yeah, but there's no point trip advising someone who's gone, is there? No, There's no late satisfaction now. No. in kicking something that's down. No. What you actually want is to take down someone big, <laughs> like you know, like Virgin or something, like, like a big company, and then get oh, your the, money back. I was thinking more to to warn you going forwards, you know. So, oh, yeah. so I'm thinking you book these at a time when you probably couldn't research it. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, was, how old do you think I am, mate? <laughs> well, I'm, should I, you book this through a travel I've agent? Placed, I've placed this somewhere between the 50s and the 70s. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But you know, it's relatively a new phenomenon that we yeah, can now find out is. every single thing. Yeah, I mean, rely on the brochure. I got told on a yeah. Thomas Cook holiday, um, and we went, and it was meant to be. It was really beautiful. The rooms were beautiful. Yeah. The website was lovely. It was all redone, but not the room that we had booked. <laughs> <laughs> so they took us like round the back to like what was a holiday chalet from Butlins like circa 1970 and they were like yeah. and I, I said to the rep because we were in a group and the other people had the bougie fancy room which yeah. was like a red rag to a ball to me so it was yeah. like you, what's going on the beds aren't even big enough for my feet not to stick at the bottom and I'm mm. five foot five this is not fair and the rep looked me directly in the eye and she went the thing is um, the brochure you can't rely on that that's just marketing wow well, what other way are we going to know about <laughs> it yeah <laughs> What you have to do I is got my go. money back. I Did got you? every penny of my money back and the money back of the people in the nice room because um, I'm petty. Yeah. And I literally would have gone to the ends of the earth 
on broken glass to get my money back from Brenda because and I wanted her named and shamed at every point I was like well Brenda said it's just marketing Brenda said we shouldn't rely on the brochure I'm going to tweet this and say you can't rely on the brochure it's just marketing like I was yeah I was wow. relentless in my pursuit of um, of money back I think it's come so I got a free holiday but I was fear- well, well yeah the holiday that we'd been on though but like you said I was furious for seven days like I was plagued by it every day I was so angry that I was in the shitty room I didn't enjoy a moment of the beautiful yeah, yeah. Greek island that we were on the food was lovely the yeah. resort was nice I didn't give a shit. And, and then obviously your life became just this quest to bring down Brenda and that's cost you a lot as yeah, well. You spent a lot my, of your years. Yeah. You could have been doing something creative, but you've been plaguing Brenda. So Yeah, that's why I started stand up comedy. To do a routine about Brenda in every town in the UK. So <laughs> I, I need people to know Brenda from Thomas Cook was an arsehole. Let it uh, go, Vicky. I shan't. Um, I, I absolutely shan't. I think what happens though is I think it's <laughs> come through the generations for me, bad holidays. Like I genuinely, when I was a kid, we went on a bus to Benidorm. <laughs> but you went to Benidorm. Yeah, but it took us like two and a half days, mate, <laughs> on the bus. Because the other thing, because you, was... you were laughing at him for assuming that you booked for a travel agent. You just talked about a bus to Benny. <laughs> this is the problem. We we had me mum and dad. My mum and dad says we'll go. We're going on all. They had no money really. Yeah. So they stuck us on this bus to Benidorm again. Another company that was going bust. I can talk about them. They were called Intersun. Okay. Right? Oh, I remember them. Yeah. I remember the coaches. And, and he got to the point when there was a chant on the coach coming back. There was strike. There was some sort of strikes coming from France into Spain. So they held us at the border, and we spent fifty-six hours on this bus. <laughs> it's, honestly, and my dad, we still talk about it. It's got like we've got like flashbacks sometimes. Oh. Um, to the point where people were singing. The rep left. The rep got off the coach and turned around to everyone and said, "I'm so sorry." That this is ruined your. I am. I don't know what to do. I'm leaving. I've quit. <laughs> and he left, and everyone was going. We've been done. We've been done by into sun and chanting. That was literally a holiday. Fifty six hours on a coach. There was two films: Mary Poppins, two thousand and one Space Odyssey. <laughs> That, when I see those two films now, it make me feel sick. And the upstairs was smoking, downstairs non-smoking, and all that would happen oh is God, children, is children would come down from upstairs in the vest and pants because it was boiling hot, just coming out of the smoke like they've been on stars in their eyes. Fifty-six hours on a coach. My mum was on a broken seat near the lavatory that had no back, so she spent it in the crash position down like that. That this is the thing. This is the whole holiday. Fifty-six hours on a boat. No aircon, mate. Aircon had gone. No food. No drinks. Fifty-six hours to Benidorm. Right afterwards, we came. We came back home. We'd we'd lost three days of the holiday. The the big punchline to this though, my dad got every penny back. Still says greatest deal he's ever had. <laughs> greatest deal. Got every penny and what compensation. A but what a it, that that holiday scarred me as a kid for buses. Whereas I did a Groupon deal to Benidorm with my mates about just before lockdown and um, it was £180, five days all inclusive. It was in October. That is. <laughs> yeah. who, who's in Benidorm in October? Oh, October. Is anyone people. there? What temperature oh, really? is it? Oh, it was fine. It was ambient. It was about 20 degrees. <laughs> I bet they sell it on that. It's going to be totally fine. Oh, this ambient. Oh. Got to be a factor 50 on for this ambient. Yeah. <laughs> Or you could drink booze. I was a 10 in that resort because everyone was oh. old. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, I'd come down for breakfast. All the, all the old men would be like, oh, and their wives like, don't look at her. And I was like, this is what it's like to yeah. be a 10. Um, yeah, m- my money was no good in Benny in, in that time. And our flight was late. 
and because it was a package holiday and the flight was separate to the rest of the package because the flight was cancelled we got all our money back (laughs) for the flight which meant it was free wow that is almost amazing a brilliant time there's a blues brothers tribute there's a parrot show it was yeah (laughs) that's on brand for benedorm (laughs) (laughs) mate where's the parrot show come on but yeah, it's what group, we're here for. We, you, you think how bad could a group on holiday be? I think you should think how good could a group on holiday yeah. be? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still picturing that rep as well. Like, just what like, happened? What happened to him? I think they just because everyone was going, What's yeah. going on? What's oh, going yeah, on? Again. What's going on? But like, you could see them just physically not being able to do it, and then they just went, That's it, I'm gone. You could make a film about what happened to that rep. Mate, it was drama, like, it was pure it's a drama. Netflix special. And yeah. We had to have. <laughs> I've tried to Google the reason why there was a strike and I can't find... There was something to do with fruit. Not that you're someone who can't let things go. <laughs> no, there was something... Because there was a reason why they, they, they couldn't get into the border over the Pyrenees. There was a reason. And we had to have a whip round for the driver to get him to carry on because he was going to quit. And we got, like, boiled sweets. We got, like, a, a basket with a load of money in. We gave it to him and he carried on. We were like, go, mate, go! <laughs> Dro- drove over the border. <laughs> Well, we've robustly covered things that seem like a bargain, but you wish you'd invested more in. Yeah. Um, do you get targeted advertising, Scott? Yeah. Do you know? Is it right? No, I, I think <laughs> I think it's what I don't understand. It's not sort of targeted advertising. This constant requirement for feedback does my head in. <laughs> why is why are they so needy? These companies. <laughs> you buy something, that's the end of the relationship. <laughs> Yeah. Why are you being it's like, so? It's like having a needy partner. I bought something off Amazon. It was like it was like a post-it notes, and they were like, "Was everything okay? Yeah. Was how was your delivery?" And it's like a man it? brought a bag to my door. <laughs> what, what do you want from me? I, I really do think you should send him a massive like four or five page thing of the, the post-it notes arrived at the same time my newborn child arrived. Oh, it's still one of my favourite things on Amazon where people have reviewed like pens and stuff and done just these <laughs> immense reviews. Yeah. I like that like, piss taking reviews, obviously not serious reviews. Yeah. Um, I think pens for oh. our tiny girly hands. Uh. Yeah. And I think the other thing that frightens me about this whole world is that, you know, when you chat about something and then you see the pictures of those things pop up in between your browser yeah. Yeah. and you're like, what's going on here? Because I've got a bit of an issue with Lego Buying Lego is a weakness for me. Okay. So I often... You can get the foreign knockoff versions, though, can't you? Well... sort of do the same job, but some of them smell funny. And also, yeah, it's all made... (laughs) Asbestos. It's it's made from, like, I don't know, elephant ivory or something. It's not... It's not That wouldn't be cheaper. No, but but the worst thing thing is about it is is when I'll see it, like, they've got the new Home Alone house as Lego with all the traps in. Oh, yeah. And I genuinely see that and go... I have to get that, otherwise I'm never going to be happy. They're investment pieces, though. There's a whole like Lego stock exchange that it's goes on. More, better investment than gold. Yeah. At the moment, it's not true. Yeah. Yeah, because it's cult- totally collectible. The, the, but isn't that if you don't open it? Well, you can put it. You put it. People put them back. It, I've never seen a level of obsession to. If you go on a Facebook group, Lego owners swap or whatever. Yeah. They literally put it back into the bags, reseal the bags. The 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 instruction you can get manual. A little machine that does that. Yeah, a little instruction manual's perfect. They are obsessive. It's 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 bizarre. And poor Gemma, because I bought some Lego because as a kid I could never have it. 
I wanted it, but I'd get like one set a year yeah. if I was lucky because it was so expensive. Like the generic way. bricks yeah. as well, never the fancy. Yeah, and I had to sort of imagine what the Millennium Falcon would look like. You know, there you go. That's the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> All in red, the yeah. wrong colour. <laughs> red, yellow and blue. <laughs> uh, but, but then Gemma, bless her, I've bought some since and we've got like cabinets and I said, I want it on display. She was like, it's not going on display. And we had a big standoff about it. She's like, I'm not having stuff like that in the front room. You, you're 43, mate. You know, the kids have got Lego in their room. You're not having Lego. And we, I, I I've made such a fuss about it. She's now put a unit. We've got a unit next to our bed with my Lego in. Right, you can just see when you that wake up. I can up see when I wake up. It. Little light on at night. Say good night to the Lego. <laughs> this is a forty-three-year-old man, so she's accommodated that bit of my personality in the corner of the room. I don't buy much for myself now. I don't really buy stuff. Whereas the kids, we buy stuff for them when we have to, uh, you know. But I, I tend to uh, be quite mean with myself. But what can't you resist? Uh, I think, on online bar- bargains wise is it, is it like a lego white house is there anything that you i i think i think it's things like i, I get sucked into tech like tech is a weird one because you're always in your head you're like i need that like i've got a video doorbell <laughs> <laughs> do many people come to your door unexpectedly don't get one, don't get one. What, what is the use in that uh, well it's it's weird do you know why you so get... the government can spy on you basically no. well, I, i've got but let me just let me give you a window i'm a little bit ocd I'm frightened about security. Okay. So, like, I always at night have to walk around the house, check every window, because the kids literally leave everything open. They would leave the doors blowing. (laughs) So I thought, I'll get this video doorbell. Oh, never. No. Because it it notifies you on your phone when someone walks past. So literally a cat would be walking past, and it'll go, there's motion at your door. Oh, wow. (laughs) There's motion at your door. And then every time it rings, you can go live on your phone, wherever you are. And you can get a live footage of your doorbell and you can press speak. You can speak through it. Oh, that's so scary. So you could literally... Can you imagine that? Someone could come up to your door and you could be like, just to let you know, you're on camera and watching (laughs) you. Stop looking around. We have window locks and an alarm. I think you'll find this is the property you don't want to be involved in. Move on. They do start robbing your house or you can go, stop. Stop, yeah. yeah. I'm really angry. You could be on a beach. I'm on my way back. You could be on a beach in in Benidorm waiting for the parrot show, (laughs) eating a Cornetto, watching someone build, and all you can do is just go, please put that down. Not the Lego. Not the Lego. I'll be back in four hours' time. Yeah, Yeah, I'll be. When I come back in these four hours, I'm going to be so angry. Six hours, you better be gone. Um, so I would say I get sucked into deals like okay. that all the time. So that's the that's the thing. That well, you... it's just like useless tech because it is pretty. You you don't need it in your life. I, I don't seen... even use doorbells now. I'll get outside someone's house and I'll text them to tell them I'm there. Basically, yeah. it becomes so weird about stuff. I read that what they've actually done is they're making delivery drivers be more on the on task video doorbells because you know like they used to the drop kick stuff or throw it over your yeah. house or chuck it next door they can't do it anymore because it's all recorded oh. so they're now having to walk up and be really efficient and it's it's sort of policing it's like, I feel like I've signed up to police the state yeah. it's quite weird when they're taking a photo of you in your pyjamas handing them, like, that's weird like, I always like the photo of you with something you isn't it parcel? Yeah, they do, sometimes they don't even want it they just it's go just like, hold click. that like, that was my balls you've just <laughs> <laughs> hey, why are you taking a picture of my balls <laughs> what's that for no it's evidence what for yeah. what evidence what? I always think it's just blackmail is it in case you say this hasn't arrived well I got a picture you're not going to want to see yeah I don't, I don't think it's got anything to do with nah. the parcel I think it just goes there you go it's for my own personal use yeah, exactly <laughs> can we do another one mate it's cold <laughs> it's just weird it is they, they're very odd like that 
but I, this must be the worst job. But I had someone delivered to me the other day, and I didn't realise this, but we had two parcels come into us, and he was specifically not allowed to deliver them at the same time. He had to do three other drops and come <laughs> back. And I was like, just give what? it to him. But he couldn't scan it on his barcoder right. until he had done delivery 21, 22, 23. Yeah. And his time frames he had to deliver him were so tight. I was trying to save him time by saying, just give us both. Yeah. And actually, by talking to me for a minute, he probably lost that crucial minute to... Yeah, I think it's a really tough job, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's so stre- It must be so stressful. Yeah. And I'm so sorry that I made it. And your police number. <laughs> and I'm shouting through the thing going, well done on the delivery, Good Malcolm. <laughs> Would it kill you to put it down a little softer? <laughs> it's, it did say fragile, a bit too aggressive for me. These are fine French cheeses. Please deliver them carefully. <laughs> I am in, but I didn't want to answer the door because you're going to take a photo of my balls. <laughs> It's time for the quick fire round. Okay. It's exciting, Scott. How it works is I'm going to pit your knowledge of what things cost against Paul's knowledge. And we're going to see who can come in with the closest to the actual price of these ridiculous things. So it's like the pint of milk challenge, but more fun. Okay, it's just like Price is Right. It is exactly like price, price is right. right. So, champagne afternoon tea at the Ritz. Right. How much per person do you think that is? Ooh, champagne afternoon tea. Sandwiches on the plates, various tiers, glass of one glass of champagne. Oh, the margin on them is extraordinary. One glass of champers, probably. I would say one hundred and ten pounds. Okay, one hundred and ten pounds, Paul. Yeah, I was going to go one hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. Yeah, because everything's really expensive, and the world's going sort of down <laughs> tubes, and you know we have this dual society where there are people in squalor and there are people who are incredibly yeah. rich. So yeah, that was it was because okay. of the, the societal breakup thing. Yeah. Well. Good news, Paul. If you wanted champagne afternoon tea at the Ritz, it's actually much better value than you would have thought. Mm. It is only £89 per person. Wow. I say only. Still, yeah. <laughs> it's still sandwiches. It's no. 90 quid, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. £89. Um, so, Scott, you, you get the point, but I don't think anyone wins, really. <laughs> no one wins. Not, no one wins. The Ritz win. The Ritz yeah. wins. No, it's a lot, isn't it, for sarnies and a bit of cake? It is so much money. (laughs) On to the next thing, and it is the coronavirus-shaped ice cube mould. I will give you a little bit more information about this so you can make an informed choice. You can make four delicious-looking virus-shaped ice cubes at a time. For how much? That's quite an impressive bit of (laughs) moulding, because that coronavirus thing... I know, it's all a bit wiggly. So I think from my product design days, that was quite expensive to mould, I reckon. And also, they're useless, aren't they? Because you know those fancy novelty ice cube trays. The the extremities melt immediately, so it's not a penguin, it's just a blob. Yeah, unless it's one of those rubber ones that you sort of invert is it rubber yeah I think it's made it's from a... an elastomer then okay. oh no yeah. right. this Here we level go. of inside let knowledge me just, <laughs> let me just google the level of the cost of uh, elastomer material at the moment in the index so it's elastomer yeah. how many moulds per tray so there's four four, yeah, four. right well I think if I think it's going to be 30 quid oof wow well, that is a bold, that is a bold play. Um, I'm just going to quickly ask my producer what they're made of, because that did lead your decision. Uh, silicon. Silicon. Oh. Does that change that. the game? Yeah. 20 quid. 20, okay. Paul? I'm going with 12 quid. Oh, Paul. It's my useless. £11.23. Oh, it's a point go. for Paul. 
<laughs> Who would have thought that having some knowledge about something would, <laughs> would hinder you? It's the way we've been governed for years in this country. Pretend yep. you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Approach it with a level of confidence that puts people at ease. Getting the job be useless. So this is a tiebreaker and I need it to be quick. How much does a child cost? Um, How much does a child cost? Not an raising question. one, not to buy on the dark oh, right, web. Right. Based on, you know, your 2000 respondent data that they apply to the whole of the UK. Um, the cost of raising a child... Per month? Yeah. I think I know it per year. I think to That's not why I asked you. Um, yeah, but I think you can get there from that. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it up to? A, I'm sure it's. I've heard it's a quarter of a million quid up to eighteen per month. Okay, no, for the to, all in. So you're saying a quarter of a million. Quarter of a million, Paul. Any advance on that? No, let a hundred k. Two hundred two thousand six hundred sixty pounds, and that's nine hundred forty pound a month. Madness. Nine hundred forty pound a month. Yeah. yeah. It's cheaper to drive around in a gold-plated Humvee per month than have a kid. And you don't have to clean up the Humvee shit. Like you, that, That's that's on that. But anyway, that is all we've got time for. We can't end on that, can we? Uh, well, to say thank you for coming on, we've got a little tradition on False Economy and we've got you a little gift. Oh, I know. Thank yeah. you. Well, so this fun. is based on, we know that your daughter likes to steal your T-shirts. She does. So we thought we'd get this? you one that she might... Daddy is my hero. Yeah. Oh, she won't wear that. Yeah, she won't wear that. Exactly. <laughs> she that is wanna... all for you. No, nah, I love that. I might wear it and then they'll say, who is your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'd really mess with it. That is dead sweet. Thank you so much. Right. I've never been bought presents. Aww. I don't get many presents. But that is an oversized t-shirt she might reject from the cupboard. I might but, hang it uh... over the video doorbell. <laughs> Cover the lens. <laughs> that would be quite sinister. Like <laughs> Daddy is my hero Daddy on the doorbell every day. Um, so you do a podcast yourself? I do, yeah, with uh, my wife Gemma. Aww. Called Brew with the Bennets. So we do that every Sunday. And it's um, it's been interesting because I think... It, it, Gemma, it started to be like Gemma venting at me. It started <laughs> off like a really cool exchange of ideas and now it's her just going, you left that on the stairs, you can't see that, you can't do this and it's becoming like, I think we're going to have to do three a week. Because <laughs> the level of venom is, is yeah. incredible. So I think it's genuinely cathartic. We never get time to chat. So the idea is, is that we budget an hour, two hours a week where we sit and talk. Is this beautiful or bleak, Paul? It's actually a really nice idea. <laughs> it's this really weird thing that happens when you have kids, I think, that you can spend a lot of time technically with your partner but actually never have a chat with them. So you just always do an admin. And... So that sounds like a really nice idea. Mate, what you need, basically, every marriage hits a point where if you, unless you've got a podcast, you're getting divorced. <laughs> and what Gemma doesn't know is contractually, we're together now. <laughs> You'd have to re-recruit. We would find have someone to, else called Bennett or marry one in. It's too much. Yeah, effort. and be, you can't do a sort of remote recording when you're going through the courts or something. And <laughs> <laughs> I just go, like, they are, remember, I've got the kids this weekend. See you next week, everybody. Like, it's, it's, so we, we're together oh, now. And this it, I mean, I would listen to that. That'd be I was going to say, Fiona, it no, would, that's the problem. That's would, what social media, why I hate it. It would be amazing. No, It'd be the best narrative no. arc ever. Oh, this is yeah. why social media is evil, by the way, because you, you love it I on the way up, but you love it more. More on the way down. Yeah. People love to watch dysfunctional stuff break down in Absolutely. front of their very eyes. So have you got anything else to plug quickly? Uh, our divorce live. <laughs> live stream of divorce. Uh, um, no, I'm going on tour, scottbennettcomedy.co.uk. That's exciting. It is exciting. Starting September. Absolutely brilliant. What's the best product you ever designed? Best product. You can only choose designed. one. No context. I just want to see it out in the wild and I want to go, Scott Bennett made that. Scott Bennett made that. 
traffic light crossing boxes. You know when you press the pedestrian crossing? Yeah. yeah. If you look down the back, they've got like lines cut into them, die cast. Uh-huh. The yellow with you like did a... did that? Yeah. Wow. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be that cool. Um, well, that is all. Oh. What a way to end. Yeah, Scott Bennett made traffic lights. You heard it here first, everybody. Thank you, Scott, it's for being pleasure. on the podcast. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me, both of you. It's been so much fun. That's the end of this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review it, as that really does help us spread the word, and it costs nothing. And if you didn't enjoy it, you now have 30 days to return this podcast for a full refund. Your statutory rights will not be affected. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs>